All right. Welcome back, everybody. Happy 2022. Hope you all had a safe and happy new year. Hey. Back on Dabs and Duke. Year two. Oh, yeah. I mean, Sophomore this isn't our, our anniversary, but this is our the second year we're doing this. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll let you know when it's the anniversary. It's coming up, I think, March, right? Mm-hmm. March, maybe May. When yeah, actually, it's May. Dropped? It's whenever yeah. WandaVision dropped. Yeah. That's when. Um, yeah. So so we're here today. We're gonna talk. We didn't uh we didn't talk too much about the series finale of Hawkeye. Um, so we're gonna cover that a lot today. We're gonna probably touch on some more Spider-Man stuff. Uh, Morbius getting pushed back, maybe some Daredevil, just based on Hawkeye's ending and mm-hmm. other rumors floating around. Uh, we got a bunch of stuff. There's, there's, there's oh, yeah. that we can talk. We're so, gonna rank our, our MCU yeah. shows. We're doing rankings. So uh, let's just jump right in. episode right yeah you want to start with hawkeye sure let's All do right. it what were um, your thoughts i liked it i really enjoyed it it was uh everything everything came together very well um you know yelena's arc got tied uh eleanor finally got exposed so i was happy about that yeah and um no, we, we finally see Wilson Fisk come to light. He's officially a part of the MCU. So it's always a happy day to hear Vincent D'Onofrio winning. Now, um, I know you had like a little bit of beef with how they were doing Swordsman's character. What do you, uh, what were your thoughts after the finale? Uh, yeah, I, funny part is I forgot about that beef until you mentioned that. That's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I did have a, yeah, I did have a beef. With that, I just feel like um, the writers kind of used him as a decoy the right. whole time, but not in a, like a aha kind of way. It's kind of like a all right, this person was important, and now he's just a random, right? You know, so it kind of left me with a sour impression. But hopefully, they use him again. I would have Otherwise, to bet. Yeah, I don't know why. Like, because I mean, if they just wanted to introduce the woman's husband. Like if they just wanted to introduce Eleanor's husband or not husband, but fiance, they wanted to introduce, they could have just used anybody, but the fact that they made it swordsman, like, I feel like the fact that they made a swordsman makes it important. I feel like he will get used down the line, maybe Mm -hmm. as kind of like another mentor figure for Kate. Right. Um, Or maybe not even a mentor figure so much as like a father figure. Um, But I feel like his sword ability, like he... Like that's got to come into play too. I feel like they're going to use that more too. Yeah, you know what? You're right. They they have to. Otherwise, a whole arc is just like, for what though? Like Kate's whole purpose was to protect 
Armand from Jack. And it's like Armand dies and you know, right. you have this whole family is kind of like, okay, where they just like used for Eleanor, like I know that she pinned shit on Jack and killed Armand. Was this just like a part of her arc or was this its own separate arc to benefit Kate and show her overcoming something in her series? So I don't know. We'll see. I mean, to me, it it is. I do agree. I think it, if they're using it as Kate's arc, I think it's kind of a wasted arc. Whereas if they're using it as Eleanor's arc, I don't think Eleanor's a super important character. I mean, they might because MCU, you know, sometimes they do things with characters that aren't super important. Or sometimes they'll like create characters specifically for storylines. But mm-hmm. in my opinion, it's just like they like they don't need to use Eleanor again if they don't want to. Like she might come back and do some more nefarious things behind the scenes, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like her arc's kind of done. I feel like in the comics, like she got killed off and it was the father doing things behind the scenes, I believe. Um I don't know. The comics doesn't gotten here. I, the uh, I ordered the Hawkeye comic. I found it for like twenty bucks on um, on Mercari, so I ordered it. Um, but from what I've heard, it was the father because the mother died. But in mm-hmm. this, obviously, the father died. So I don't know how like what their plan is for her. They might just have her go to jail and that's it. Like maybe I a think that's years. what they're gonna do. I think so too because I don't think her arc. So I think Swordsman's more important to her arc because she used him as a decoy. Whereas with Kate's arc, at least for the show, he was just the decoy. For Eleanor, it was the person she used. Right. So I feel like I feel like for for Kate, it's like uh, I don't know they'll ever bring bring her back, like because that arc was for Eleanor, in my opinion. Yeah, it was. Um... You know, it's it's tough to even call that an arc if the kid. Yeah, it's not an arc. It's not, it's a fucking line. Yeah, it's kind of just like yeah, it is. It's a point it's and a point, and then you just you connect it. And Eleanor was like a tool for Kingpin in this in this show, and pretty much. And and that's it. And I think that's the extent of what her character is going to be. Again, maybe they'll bring him back and yeah. and use her for something else. But it's not like she. It's not like she got involved on her own accord. She got involved because her husband had unsettled debts. Exactly. It's not like she's actually evil. She's just doing evil things so she doesn't get killed by Kingpin. Right. It's the whole, like, uh, and she's trying to, she told Kate at least that she's trying to protect her from whatever, from the truth, whatever. But um, I also found it interesting that Yelena got hired to kill Clint. Like, I was thinking, why should she have to get hired i thought her mission was to just kill clint like why does she have to get hired to do that well i think they wanted her to i think they hired her to do it and then because otherwise she wouldn't have known that her sister was quote-unquote killed by clint even though we know that she wasn't but right but when she had found out even if she went out on her own to kill clint eventually i'm sure she would have tracked clint down but but she wouldn't have thought that he killed natasha at any point but also, like, she knew that her and Clint were friends, so I feel like she would have crossed paths with him eventually, right? Maybe not. I, like she, I don't know. I Maybe. guess the way it was written, I, I just assumed that 
I thought that they just used her, and it's not a bad thing, it's just something I observed. I thought that they just like tried to find a way to connect the dots to have a reason to bring her in. And I love that they brought her in. Right. But I guess like after seeing Black Widow and then the post credit scene with Contessa is kind of like, okay, we know what her purpose is. We know that this is going to be the end of her arc. Here's my take on it. Okay. I think the being hired to kill Clint was just like a plot device to introduce Yelena and Kate. Because I think they're going to be the next Widow and Hawkeye. So I think they wanted to have them friendly. Like, there's that line, like, don't make me that's like That's a you. good point. Like, yeah, I, think, good point. I think they want them to be friends. And I think they, like, the chemistry between them was phenomenal in that in that uh, last episode. Um, so I, I, I really think the whole Kill Clint thing, introduce Elena into the Hawkeye series was literally just, just a device to get her to meet Kate. Because again, she like if they wanted her in a more major role in that show, they would have had her in the first four episodes as well. That makes a lot more sense. I, I believe you and I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. That makes sense. Yeah. So I feel like that's yeah, that, that also dresses it up a lot more than just their plot device. So yeah, that would be cool. I would love to see them as uh, you know, taking up the mantles. That'd be very dope. Mm. Yeah, and then that's like how we see it at the end when when she's trying to come up with a name for herself, and she's like, <laughs> "Lady Hawk" or like, um, mm. and she's just like thinking all these like corny names, and then Clint's like, oh, "I got one. How about?" And then it just like cuts right to the Hawk. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. That's very yeah. cool. All right, now I have two questions for you. Yeah. Well, one comment, one question. I know that you had a beef with some of the uh, the way that Kingpin was used. Yeah. Did anything change upon maybe watching it one or two more times? No, I still have the beef with how they not used them. I enjoyed how they used them, and I don't mind that they like had him like quote unquote like die. And I keep saying quote unquote because there's a lot of things in this that are like very like they're winking at it. Like it's like a like you know kind of like how WandaVision was, like where it was like secretive. Like the whole time they were just calling him the big guy. Until like he actually got revealed, um, right. and so so I think this show, you know, it has a lot of has a lot of secrets as well. Um, just not as didn't create as much build for them as Wandavision did. But that aside, um, with Kingpin, I think Kate blowing him up was great. I think that was like a reasonable fake death. I think. Um. I think Echo shooting him was great. I think that's a reasonable fake death. I don't love that they had Eleanor hit him with the car. I think that was, first of all. That was kind of whack. That was whack. Yeah, because yeah. one, like the whole point of that, that was just to redeem Eleanor. And I don't think she deserved the redemption. I think you know she's not a bad person because she was just doing those things because she was essentially being blackmailed by Kingpin. Mm-hmm. And then second, I just think the it was overkill, no pun intended, but the fact that they kept fake killing Kingpin over and over and over again was overkill. And if you were to take one of them out, the one that makes the least amount of sense is Eleanor hitting him with the car. Like, that was kind of dumb to me. I love yeah. how Kate blew him up, though. I loved it. 
first of all, we're not even going to get to the, the Daredevil reference here yet. But first, just the fact that she was able to utilize all the arrows without even having to shoot them by just using the, the quarter flick trick that Clint taught her. And then mm-hmm. second, the bigger thing, the fact that Kingpin has the same cufflinks from the Daredevil series, making it possible that Daredevil is still canon, which would be fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. Has to happen. Has to happen. Got to do it now, Marvel. No turning back. Come on. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Make it keep it. Make it easy if you don't. Right. <laughs> um, but like I feel like they won't officially make it canon for a little while down the line. Like I feel like it'll be like canon for the people that want it to be canon. And maybe it will be. Like I feel like you can make Daredevil canon without making Iron Fist canon and make without making Defenders canon. I feel like two universes can share the same canon of Daredevil's arc without having to, you know what I mean? Like, like I guess. I understand what you're trying to say. Pretty much a parallel universe. Yeah. Parallel universe. And then there was like, you know, it it may be Daredevil's arc. You know how in Loki they showed like the branching timelines? Mm-hmm. Maybe it branches right before Defenders. And then it just jumps right into season three. Yeah. I, I definitely think that this show is full of uh, a lot of, or one or two things that, they tease that could be canon on top of the daredevil thing like you just mentioned you have the whole um finding out that laura was mockingbird thing hey agents of shield guy agents of shield my friend (laughs) i know that's your main yeah what do you think do you think do you think that in your heart of hearts they will eventually make it canon because they are alluding to it quite a bit they, they really are they're pushing it harder now than ever um yeah i have two thoughts on it again i don't mind if they don't make it can if they make it a separate universe like i don't i just want them to acknowledge it i guess like even if they do the same thing they did with toby like obviously toby's universe is now canon through the multiverse mm-hmm. like if they make agents of shield canon through the multiverse and just say it's a split timeline from right after the events of the avengers because like maybe one timeline Phil lived and one timeline Phil died. Um, But I think they really are um, hyping it up because they did reference Phil's death in Loki and now they're referencing Mockingbird. Mm -hmm. So the theory is if it is canon, Mockingbird and Agent 19 will be like a um, like a moniker, like 007, like an agent moniker that gets passed down. Yeah, yeah. Like Laura was the first Mockingbird and then Bobby Mm -hmm. took the title from her um but but i'm not sure and again like i i think the fact that they're getting closer and closer to, like they keep bringing it up is important um honestly like i just i would love to see all of them back i would love to see you know like i'd love to see all of them back but but really i think the one they've been talking about a lot is bringing chloe bennett back and i think that be huge because i think she was great as quake i think quake is a huge hero in terms of inhumans i think when you're talking bringing in the inhumans via ms marvel that's a great place i think you could just put her even if you humans are such a dope i really hope that marvel is for us and humans at the very least that's such a, yes. a dope a dope arc and that's right and the rumor is now so the inhumans tv show mm-hmm. the rumor is they're bringing back the guy who played black bolt in the show to play black so that's another one where i don't mind if it's multiversal they say this is canon through the multiverse 
And that would make, be more reasonable to me as well to like bring through the multiverse because I think the casting in that was absolutely, and I've said this before on the podcast, I think the casting was absolutely perfect. I just think the production value wasn't there. And I think you give it the MCU production value. I think it's an incredible product. I think, oh, absolutely. but I, I think, I think the casting could not have been more perfect for that show. But again, like I just said, production value, not there. They spent all their money on the CGI dog. Yeah, they literally <laughs> Which granted, which granted, it's like it's it's like if if Guardians had a like a low budget and they had to spend all their money on group. Like yeah. Obviously worth it because it's a major character in the series, but like you know, but then you have no more budget. Yeah, pretty much Chris Pratt would be out there ass out. Yeah, Chris <laughs> Pratt like that. Come on. They'd hire some lookalike Chris Pratt. They, <laughs> yeah. just, they shoot him from they shoot him from twenty feet away at all times. <laughs> yeah, they have Ashton Kutcher gain like fifty pounds and dye his hair. <laughs> Get blonde highlights. Oh <laughs> um, yeah, but they uh, yeah, but but Agents of Shield could or could not be canon. I'm honestly like every fucking oh WandaVision with the dark hole like. So much stuff from that show is getting referenced, and like there are so many like ways you can still connect it if you try hard enough. Like the dark hole looking different, like mm-hmm. maybe it just looks different because it's needed to be, you know, like a uh, uniform with the rest of Doctor Strange's books and shit. And when Ghost Rider took it to hell and Agents of Shield, like maybe it. Cha- I have no fun clue. I don't know how to. T- that one's honestly the biggest, the biggest hole to try to connect them, but. Like Mockingbird's an easy enough one to connect. And honestly, again, like I said, with the Loki branching timelines, I say the best way to do it is just have a branching timeline after the first Avengers movie, one where Phil lives, one where Phil dies. Yeah, I feel like Phil is a good marker for that. That's yeah. smart. That's yeah. definitely smart. But how what were your initial um total impressions of the episode after you finished? Well, okay, this is one more thing I want to say about Kingpin before I dive into that even. Okay. I have not watched it since I heard this, but I have heard that when Echo fires that shot at the end, you see Kingpin's shadow still standing. Oh, I've seen it twice and I didn't have to pick up on that. I got to watch it again, and I am going to start watching it again because I watched it this time. So most of the shows I just watch with my dad, um, like on rewatch. But this one I watch with my mom on rewatch. Um so I'm watching it. I'm starting it again, probably tonight with my dad because he hasn't seen it yet. Um, mm-hmm. So I will keep an eye out once I get to episode six for that. Um, and I know that is a huge, um, like that that whole scene was pretty much like shot for shot based on that one comic with Echo where she shoots him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I saw that. Um, actually, it's funny. I'm not even on Twitter often, but I decided to go in on a random day and I saw that plastered all over my timeline. So yeah. that's what further reinforced me to go ahead and, and try to get that Hawkeye right. comic and um an echo issue or two. So yeah, man, that was a uh, I love Echo's whole arc in the show. Uh, that was yeah. probably my favorite part of the show. Alaka Cox is great. I think both like female leads 
like both sides of it, good and bad, like Echo and Kate, I think Mm -hmm. both had incredible arcs over just like a six episode series. That's like two of the better arcs in the whole MCU, honestly, in my opinion, like, especially when you consider like some of these arcs have to be built over such a long time. Like I think Loki has a phenomenal arc, but I think, Oh, Loki probably has my favorite arc. Honestly, honestly, probably, but it was built over 12 years is my other thing. Awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Whereas he did it in one six episode series. Mm -hmm. So like that, like across the span of like a week in Marvel time. So I just, that's, that's, and same with Echo, like they're both already such great characters and they barely even scratched the surface. So I'm excited for this Echo series. I know we talked earlier in the podcast when we were talking about Hawkeye, does Echo deserve a series? Yeah, absolutely. I think the way, because like that was our one thing was, does she deserve a series because she's like a smaller character? But I think over the course of this Hawkeye series, they've built her into such an important character in the scope of the MCU. So I think her series yeah. still kind yeah. of eh on does Agatha need a series? I think that one will be fun. But again, like you said, like it could be a slippery slope. Like once you start giving every character a series, it's like, are these series that important anymore? Right. Exactly. Um, I think that the writers did a good job of putting a foot in the door to introduce Echo, not giving it all away, you know, right, right. giving her a nice springboard into the next phase of her life post, you know, family mob affiliate, you know, so right. absolutely, that's a great argument. Then, I mean, and she's still not even necessarily a hero. She's still like kind of yeah. like morality wise, like I don't. Yeah, know. you know, yeah, she's very great. She's a bad Echo, yeah. for sure, for sure. And then you gotta. Shout out the man Jeremy Renner too. The man was acting his ass off. What? I mean, why did they finally give him the Yeah, yeah. So like, he, I'm just like thinking back to like Endgame, like, and even like Age of Ultron. Like emotionally, I think he's one of the better, like, or has been. Not necessarily overall, but in terms of MCU films, he's been one of like the better actors showcasing his emotions. I definitely think in Endgame, I saw more than anything else. Endgame was yeah. where I was like, okay, he's really, he, he's acting in this yeah. scene. He's really acting. Yeah, he stepped it up. So yeah, for sure. I'm glad they gave him this. Um, I'm glad they made his family more important. Like, because like when they first had, um, I'm not saying this is a retcon because it's not really a retcon. It's just like uh, they're adding depth to Laura's character. Like when they first had like Linda Cardellini and like the kids show up, it was just like, this isn't who Hawkeye is. Hawkeye doesn't do this shit. Like he doesn't have a family. Like in the comics, like it was traditionally always just like, yeah, he was like married to Mockingbird. Yeah, he was married to uh, Widow for a minute. But like he never like had, like everybody was like talking about how out of character that was. But now that they've said, oh, Laura's actually Mockingbird, makes a lot more sense now. Like it, it, they tie it back to the it does the comics, and I'm I'm glad they did that. Yeah, yeah. I I think you were the one that theorized on this um a few weeks ago, but you kind of sniffed out the whole mockingbird thing and the watch thing, and it really uh as weeks continued on, it really started to congeal and form. Yeah, 
they were i mean honestly i thought it was tony's watch at first and then and then the closer it got to the end of the series i was like nah it's got to be hers right like it's gotta yeah. be they got to do something with her and yeah i uh i think that was a good way to tie it up and like the fact that they like show like used her more like her speaking different languages and then she gets to watch and he like throws a line at her like you better take better care of your stuff and then she like throws it back at him and she's like oh you're the one talking like because he lost the ronin yeah i could tell by the language and i was like yeah she's she's not a regular degler clearly not a regular degler woman she's yeah. definitely she's definitely Miami bird for sure but um what do you think was the best episode out of the series that's tough because I really well, we haven't even touched on yet about this last episode. I don't know if it makes it my favorite episode, but my favorite scene is definitely the ice rink scene. Um, when they're okay. just shooting all the trick arrows at I think the the cinematography for that scene was was great. I think just like the way they were showing both of them doing shit, like in like the way they like lined them up. Not even necessarily cinematography, but I guess choreography too, like the way they had them fight each individual like tracksuit mafia guy that came through um mm-hmm. i think it was just very well designed and I, I i i loved that scene i think it it showcased both of them in a way that showed it was like kind of a passing of the torch but like hawkeye still got it so like he's not done yet but also like kate is ready um and i just thought that was great. I got to think. What's your favorite episode? Episode four, hands down. That's when they broke into Echo's apartment and Yelena pulled up. Uh, yeah. That was an awesome episode. That was so good. That was like the turning point of the series for me. It, it, it took my enjoyment from, okay, this is good to, yo, what? Yeah, you really, at the beginning, you were just like, I don't know if I can do this in six episodes. <laughs> and and yeah. like, I I do think that did turn it. I don't want to be the guy who's like, oh, the last episode was the best episode every time. That last scene, I think, was the best. Like, the, the ice rink scene was the best scene. But I think you're right. I think four was probably the best one. Um, yeah, because Clint also told her, like, yo, it's over. It's done. You yeah. know, that was a huge turning point for them, too. He really had to choose, like, do I truly want to help her or do I just want to, you know, stick to my guns and, you know, to stick with my family. And she's torn because she's like, I've been training my whole life just to work with Clint Barton. And now he turns me down. So she feels dejected. So it's like a pivotal point for both of them. I loved it. I think it five great. is just so good too in there. Like, it's like, five is. they get yeah. back together to like talk about shit. And it's just like, I still think four is probably the best. Um, five, I think the weak point of five is I think the Yelena scene talking to Kate goes on a little too long. I think it's just too much dialogue in there. I get what you're saying. I mean, it's cute. It was, it was cute. See, like, yeah, it's funny. But, but, like, I mean, yeah, but like, I don't it know. Just didn't I, do, it was just too much? Just didn't I just it. think it was too much. Like, like I get the mac and cheese bit is funny and cute <laughs> and stuff, but it's just like, is that really necessary? Like, eh, I don't know. But, um, I mean, I liked it. It was like a good, like, kind of initial bonding moment, even though they were on opposite sides. But it was just like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I like how I can see how eventually you kind of like 
flatlined on it. Like, all right, like, we get yeah, it. Yeah, my second okay. time watching that, I was just like, this is going on too long. Like, I just kind of want them to get back to, like, the action, you know? But. Yeah. And that's how I felt about the uh, penultimate episode of Loki. It was just like Loki and. Was it the penultimate or was it the last one? I just felt one of them was a lot of talking. I know Jonathan Majors did a lot of talking, but Jonathan Majors, Jonathan Majors, like he was fucking phenomenal. That was all my. I think it was the penultimate one. It, it had to be the second last one with Loki and Sylvie talking, yeah. maybe. And it was just too much talking for me. And I think the last episode was a little too much talking. But again, yeah. Jonathan Majors doing a monologue is different than like more of a dialogue type. Oh, like, that's so much. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I'll have to go back and watch that again too, honestly. But, but yeah, um, yeah, I would say four. It's probably best overall. Six has the best scene, but, but it's easy. Again, it's easy to, when you're wrapping up the series, it's easy to put your best scene in the last episode. Like WandaVision's best scene, last episode, because that's yeah. when I, I mean, WandaVision's best episode is the last episode. Loki's, I wouldn't say Loki's best episode is the last episode, even though Loki's last episode was something fucking different. Oh my God. Loki was so good that like, even something as good as the last episode is the best. It wasn't uh, the penultimate. The penultimate was the one where they meet classic Loki and bold Loki and kid Loki, I believe. And they... It was? I thought that was the fifth. I mean, I thought that was the, the third to last episode. No, uh, no, I don't think so. Because because uh, remember, classic Loki builds the whole Asgard, and then uh, yeah. uh, the steam comes and eats him. I gotta go back and watch it because so much shit happened from the point that they met with the Lokis and the ending. Like, remember at a point they were they were fucking walking through. Uh, I'm forgetting names and everything. They were walking through, and then Mobius was driving. That was the second to last episode, right? That was the second last episode. The one with Mobius is fast and furious yeah. and across the, the end of the world planet. Yeah. So much happened. Yeah. In the pizza truck. Funny as hell. Right. Right. Um, yes, that was the second last episode. Third last episode is the one I think I'm thinking of, where they're just okay. Loki and Sylvie are walking across that planet, and they make the point you're right because that's when loki um tried to fool the woman by being the husband who had already passed away right yeah i think so and the woman shoots him remember and yeah yeah yeah. i think that was all same episode yeah right 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 right. i forget the name of it i know what you're talking about though i don't know i'm gonna have to watch it again make sure i'm breaking these down (laughs) that's the episode we're talking about Um, (laughs) yeah you get it it's just a lot of walking and a lot of talking and that's why i didn't love it not that loki's not phenomenal because it's We'll get to our rankings of TV shows in a minute here. Um, anyways, I feel like this is a big tangent. Yeah, I was talking about my favorite episode versus my favorite scene. Like, even if you think about all of them, like, what if? Best episode, my opinion, it's tough, though, because it's between Doctor Strange and Black Panther. Um, between T'Challa as Star-Lord and Doctor Strange. It's the same two for me. Um, those are the two best episodes, but the best scene i feel like is probably in the last episode when they all get together and beat ultron like it's it's just again it's easy to make your climactic scene happen in the last episode so it's like that's always going to be the best scene right a soldier Falcon and a soldier, soldier has some climaxes though it has, it has some, some big especially mo- like in the 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. That might be the one exception to the rule. That might be the one exception to having your back. Although Sam, Sam's entrance as Captain America is untouched. Like that corny, I still laugh at that one corny aside with the interaction from the two black dudes at the end. They're like, no, that's not Black Falcon. That's Captain America. That was so corny. I still laugh about that. But yeah, it was phenomenal. Yep. Very good ending. I feel like that show doesn't get enough love. I gotta watch that one again too. People, yeah, people don't it kind of got lost in the sauce. It really did. It really did. That was supposed to be the show they let off with, which again, I don't know if we discussed this on the podcast before, but I know we discussed it like we when we were texting. I feel like if they led with that show instead of WandaVision it wouldn't have drawn as much people, like as many people, because people would have just been like, oh, this is just Marvel doing an action show, like doing classic Marvel stuff. But WandaVision kind of brought that allure, you know? I feel like it would have had a different effect for WandaVision. I yeah. feel like it's Marvel, so like people would flock to it anyways, but the way that we look at WandaVision would have been drastically different. Right. Yeah, because I just remember when WandaVision was coming out, I had, because the hype for it was so big. I had tons of people who had like never watched marvel before like just text me what movies are important enough that i have to watch them before i watch wandavision i was like oh exactly. okay. my sister said that and she doesn't know shit about marvel yeah so that's like, how i knew it was interesting yeah and so like i feel like if you started with falcon winter soldier they would have been like oh this is just like a classic marvel like beat up the bad guys thing and it's just like wouldn't would have kind of killed the hype for wandavision honestly but i think having wandavision first built up the marvel hype oh, because it was so different yeah you want to just hop right into the rankings or do you want to? Yeah. Are we beginning the show? I mean, shit. Oh. I feel like there's another show we're forgetting. I love WandaVision so much. WandaVision, Falcon Winter Soldier, Loki, What If, Hawkeye. If, Hawkeye. Wasn't there another one? That's I might make it. it. Just five. Five shows and three movies. Four All movies. Right. I'm going to go in a, what's the order when it's like uh, working your way up to number one? Is that descending or ascending? I always get that messed up. I think it's ascending. Okay, right. Because you're going like up to one. Okay, so I'm, I'm doing ascending order. Wait, it might be decent. I have no fucking clue, Jay. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always get messed up. I'm working my way up to one. Uh, yeah, all right. Sounds all right. good. So number nine. And this is not a bad movie. I still disagree with people. Ooh. Number nine, I have Eternals. For okay. The one you hyped up the most that you were saying is going to be... <laughs> ah. <laughs> this is going to be number one. Yeah. I, yeah, I did. I'll take that. Uh, but, um, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I still have to rewatch it, but I understand. I understand some of the gripes about it. I still appreciate the ending. I thought the ending was awesome. I thought that um, some of the moral conversation in the film was very fascinating. What makes us human? You know, um, where do things come from? Should we use our power to change the course of human evolution and society? Like those are all, as a philosophical guy, those are all very fascinating to me. I just feel like the execution could have been um, a lot. It could have been a lot better. 
Okay. For sure. So that's my number nine. Number eight is what if <clears throat> uh it's a mixed bag for me, but the high points, the T'Challa episode, the Doctor Strange episode were a lot of fun. And I hope that the second season is a lot more in that vein than um the Thor episode. <laughs> which I actually had fun with, but I, I acknowledge that it's a bad episode. So yeah. Um right above it at number seven, I have Hawkeye. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Um that's about it. It's not really too many negatives. It just kinda got lost in the sauce while I was ranking things. Gotcha. So yeah, shout out to Jeremy Renner. Shout out to uh Haley Steinfeld. Like cots, all of them. Right above it, I have Black Widow. Um, surprisingly, I didn't give a fuck about this movie, but I enjoyed it more than I thought. I still feel like they could have put a bit more Taskmaster in there, mm-hmm. but hey, you can't can't have it all. So um, I think it's a good send off for ScarJo. I know that they owed her, and in, in the context of you know, where things were in the early 2010s, it probably wasn't the right time for a Black Widow film. So I'm happy that uh, they delivered that for her. At number five, oh, this stuff. I have Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, you could argue that episode five is probably a top two or three episode out of all the shows that we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Um, Phenomenal. Fantastic from beginning to end. I love fake Captain America. Just a great character. Um, who's his who's his daddy again? Wyatt Russell, ego. Wyatt well, Russell, right? No, 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 Kurt Russell's his dad. Kurt Russell. Yeah, yeah. Wyatt Russell did a, Wyatt a Russell great job. Did, yeah. And um, I love some of the the social things that they touched on. I wish that they would have done a bit more with um the what's the evil group's name? Black Smashers. Black Smashers. Yeah, I wish we would have done a bit more with them because they were actually fascinating on paper. But you know everything else like Zemo, uh, the party scene where he's dancing. That's a that's a top tier Marvel moment. <laughs> <laughs> the show just had a lot to offer, and it was a huge conversation starter. But speaking of conversation starters. There's no bigger one this past year than WandaVision for me, which takes the number four spot. WandaVision, just the whole spectacle around it, really just, it it reminded me of why I love um, not only the MCU, but comic book culture. Like, the conversation behind it was just so much fun. Like, so much theorizing, so much, you know, not knowing what was going to happen, but you know, still thinking your guess is just as good as someone else's because who knows what could happen. You know, you had a world of possibilities in front of you. So I loved that aspect of it. And the show was also very, very good, super creative. Um, I feel like, of course, the latter half of it was a bit more, um, I'll say, what's the word, palatable than the first half, for sure. But um, yeah, the last few episodes were fucking cream, fire, fire. Yeah. So I'm happy that you know we got some 
some steam behind Scarlet Witch now. She's no longer playing the background. Mm-hmm. Right above, this is gonna be controversial. Yeah, at number three, three it's gonna be controversial no matter what. Oh boy, number three. At number three, I have Spider Man. God damn it, Jay! You know what? That's fair. That's fair. Honestly, the other two, I'm, the other two are in my top five of everything all time Marvel. So it's just like fair. Uh, it's so hard, like. Spider-Man just, it made me feel like a kid again. I love the fan service. The fan service was so, ah. Oh, if, if I like was, if, if, if we saw it together for the first time. Oh my God. We would have it at one. <laughs> Bro, I'll probably have a heart attack in the theater. Honestly, maybe that's why I, why I have it still ranked like at one. Like that could fan be part service, of my bias. It's because the first time I saw it was with my brother. And like, I don't know, like I, I, it was just like that experience of it. Yeah. Whereas like if we saw like Doctor Strange is gonna kick some ass. And that like oh my gosh. Oh the just the fan service aspect of it was just it was but, perfect. Yeah. The film itself was was very, very good. I just the other two projects I'm gonna bring up just like I yeah. enjoyed them more and they stuck with me more outside yeah. of the fan service. So I love Spider-Man. It's hands down the best spider-man film ever created i don't think anything will ever well i can't say ever but i can't see it i'll be hard pressed to imagine something right topping it spider-man wise so phenomenal number two i think i don't see how this isn't the best show marvel has dropped so far loki oh really oh shit wow i know wow i know i know it's shocker for me too all right uh, you know, honestly, just... go ahead no, no 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 you finish your rankings and i'll say no I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain you could go ahead i don't even right. know what to say i think objectively if i'm looking at everything without personal bias and without like nostalgia and all that factored into it i think your number one is is probably the right choice objectively <sighs> but anyways number two loki number two loki I just, I've never come across a show where I was so confused and did not give a fuck and just enjoyed every single bit of it. The timeline is still, I don't know what's going on. Uh We're still trying to figure it out. And like Strange said, nobody knows what the fuck is going on. There's an infinitesimal amount of possibility. So just that give Loki like this art by bringing him together after all this time of him being a villain, like not fully being able to um, provoke emotion from the audience based on, you know, him just being an outsider, being an outcast and, you know, showing appreciation, actually valuing friendship. Like that was such a beautiful arc. And then Owen Wilson, bro, like Owen fucking Wilson, the perfect touch to the show. Perfect touch. Like their chemistry was phenomenal. And then when you think it can't get better, <laughs> he, he gets zapped and you're like, oh my God. Like that was an oh my God moment for me. Like, holy shit. I cannot believe they just did that. And then he wakes up and sees the OG locus from the comics. Like it doesn't get any better than that. Right. Right. And everything from there leading up to, I mean, it's a conquer. Leading up to Kang, like, the cocker a bitch. It's the cocker. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> Phenomenal show. Phenomenal. I almost don't win the season two because season one was so fucking good. That's, That's how good it was. Completely understandable. That's how I feel about this next Spider-Verse movie. Like, I'm like, I don't know. Like, originally, I was like, I don't know if I want another into the Spider-Verse movie because the first one was so good. Oh. And like, this trailer looks like it oh could be better. Oh my God, bro. <laughs> that trailer is fucking amazing. Yeah. Spider-Man 2099. Oh, <sighs> my favorite. It's, it's, but, um, yeah. That's fine. But number one, hmm. number one is Shang-Chi. Like, this movie blew me away. I had zero expectations for it. Um, and by the end, I was like, holy shit. This is like, if you're talking about just a Marvel project that is completely and culturally different from what they've done, right? to absolutely nail it like that is just man it's it's unheard of honestly and right. simu liu um tony leung even aquafina just everyone played the role super duper well and i mean they didn't lean on i appreciate that they didn't lean on tropes like the first half of the movie was just so fascinating because Immediately they immerse you into a world that we don't know anything about, and it makes you feel as if you've known it this whole time throughout right. the whole MCU. You know, so it's like the world building. Um, Tony Leung as I forgot the daddy's name. What's the dad's name? Wenwu. Wenwu, one of my favorite villains in the MCU. Phenomenal, perfect. Like he's already an amazing actor. I've seen a couple of his other films, Tony Leung, but as Wenwu, just masterful. Like his motives, you felt his motives. Like his wife died, he's forlorn, he's just struck down and he gave up his powers for this woman. You know, like the power of the 10 rings is nothing to be played with. He decided to stow that away for this woman. So just to feel that pain and send your son on a mission to kill and completely just go down that, that spiral, it's just, you know, it's it's an amazing arc. You know, always being on the search of your loved one, hearing a voice and just following it aimlessly, hoping that something's at the end. It's just phenomenal fucking movie. The humor was great. It was too heavy handed. Like, I don't know what to say about this film. It's just great. It's phenomenal. Jay, I could listen to you talk about villains all day long. Like... The way you just like described when we were right there and his like motives and everything. And like, that was just like, I was like, damn, this is like, this is like a perfect description. Like, I'm like, I could not talk. But like, when I talk about like my favorite villain, I'm just like, yeah, he's just insane for no reason. He likes people. <laughs> That's a good one, though. I like that. It being insane like, for no reason. It's like, like, and, oh. and I'll get to it when, when I go through my rankings, but it's just like, and I did talk about it in the mega episode um, from a couple weeks ago, but. It's just like, I don't know. I've always liked that. I've always liked the whole villain, like villainy for villainy's sake. Like, I do too. I do and, too. And, and, and I know, you know, when, when I talked to, and Matt Foote came on and he was talking about it, like he hates that. But like, I don't know. I've always, I've always been like, you don't need a voter. You could just go fucking being a villain for why, why I have, like, however you want. Yeah, it's so much cooler because we always have to attach reason to shit. 
right. it's like when there's no reason it's like oh my god like you really just gonna fuck shit up right I'm, right I'm right cool that. i'm cool yeah. with that yeah so um yeah, i agree man i love that shit yeah i think that was like a perfect description of shang chi though but i'll jump into my rankings number nine i have what if um I just think there's too many inconsistencies throughout it. I think there are some great, phenomenal, like, and I use phenomenal too much on this show, but phenomenal. I think there are, are, mm-hmm. are, are a couple really, really solid episodes. I think the T'Challa episode, very solid. I think the Doctor Strange episode, very solid. Two of the better episodes of the TV show is total, like overall. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the final episode is very good. I think the episode where Ultron, like the penultimate episode, very good. Looking back, I don't think the Captain Carter one is that bad. I just it's think it's too much of recycling the Captain America story still. But really, for me, the Thor episode was just <laughs> killed any build that had. Um, that was a horrible episode. Um, yeah. And then I'm trying to think of the other ones that we you, got. You didn't like Ultron slicing up Thanos like that? That was horrible. That was dumb. <laughs> you um, didn't appreciate that? That was like vision couldn't have done that shit like right right? come on vision got his ass handed to him by the two children of thanos you kidding me ultron gets the stone and he cuts thanos in half stupid (laughs) so dumb i was like my jaw was literally open like did i just watch that don't get me wrong i love that episode i thought that was a great episode but but Mm. that part that scene i was like this is the most convenient fucking thing marvel has ever done ever (laughs) period so, oh um, <clears throat> above that, I've got Eternals. Um, like you said, I think it had a lot of hype going in. I really loved a couple of the characters. I loved Phaestos. I loved um, Makari. I loved Druig. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think Thena and Gilgamesh had a unique relationship. I think that was well done. I think Cersei was great, but I... I don't know. I just think I had better, I had bigger hopes for the Icarus character. And it was just kind of like, a, a, I, I do think you're right. It does ask a lot of great philosophical questions and it, it, it does dive into that more. And as like a more of an art film, it's just, it's good. And it, it, it's a good movie. It's not a bad movie in any way. It just ranks lower on here. And I think there were some parts yeah. that I was like, that could have been better you know like even uh what's the name kumail's character um oh um kingo yeah i think kingo was great like i think a lot of the individual characters were great i just think as a unit it wasn't they didn't match like the avengers you know nah they 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 felt very uh like separate right as a group um i and again i think the the icarus storyline was kind of predictable and I think that kind of took it away from me too. I was like, oh, he's gonna be the bad guy. Like, I don't I don't know. Um pretty much. Above Eternals, I have Falcon Winter Soldier, which is a very tough decision for me to wake because mm-hmm. that show was so damn good. And and you're right there, like culturally, in terms of like Falcon and taking up the mantle, what it did, and just like the the like the messaging from it like i just think the whole thing and like even like one of my favorite scenes is when he goes and he talks to the black super soldier his name's lost on the uh, isaiah 
Isaiah, yes. And he talk, goes and talks to him. I think that that scene when they're just in his house was incredible. And then the way they tied it up at the end with he's got like the monument to him in the museum. That was beautiful. Yo, I almost cried. That yeah. was beautiful. Like I, I like I think that more so than the the flag smashers, because like you said, I think they could have done more with the flag smashers. Oh yeah. Um and and I like Zemo in that um a lot and i think bringing back some old characters bringing back uh the mma fighter uh george st pierre mm-hmm. was great i think the twist of sharon being the power broker a little odd but i liked it like, it was think, super odd now that i think about it it was kind like of i'm like, like why fight? wouldn't they pardon her you know that's like the, the little yeah. hole there for me I, I like i don't mind it i don't mind her being the power broker i just think you could have gotten her there a different way than saying oh they didn't pardon her like, why wouldn't you pardon fucking Sharon Carter? Like, wow. yeah, yeah. Um, but, but so, so there were like, but, but overall, it's in terms of the action, it's one of the best action things, like action movies or TV shows they've done to this point. Like, I think I anything agree. in the Captain America vein kind of has that leverage. I think everything they've done with his character and with his, I guess, characters that like are attached to his arc have all been the better action like series so we talked about how dope it was to see uh i forgot what episode this happened in but oh no it was episode four the end of episode four when um fake captain america kills the dude with the shield and then they pan out and see the blood Uh on the shield that was an awesome awesome ending to an episode to lead into episode five which begins with them fighting fake Captain America yeah I yeah like that the the just like the connecting those two episodes through that moment and using that point as a cliffhanger yeah yeah I and and seeing the blood on the Captain America shield it's just like that's not what Captain America stands for and then like later you get Falcon like flying through the window as Captain like that's after he's taken up the mantle and he's like I'm Captain America like I was like shit i was like okay this is what it's supposed to stand for like yeah like you know like i just think the juxtaposition of blood on the shield versus like falcon well like captain america swooping in to save the day yeah yeah absolutely like owning the mantle like he's not just like oh this was handed to me like wyatt russell what like fake captain america was like he's like oh i am captain america yeah i am right like steve steve wanted me to be this and i'm taking it back yeah so awesome show awesome show. above that this was also tough like because i love this movie too but like you said about taskmaster i have a widow next up above that mm-hmm. um i just think the villain being you know the man in the high tower literally <laughs> high tower could not get any fucking higher um I don't know i it was fine like i know you had to address drakov like they talked about him in avengers and like it's probably something you should address but i don't know i'm kind of i'm kind of over fighting the man in the tower you know like it's just like because then the person and i know like kingpin is the epitome of that but to me it's different because kingpin's more ground level where this dude literally had a fucking 
thing in the sky training his widows and stuff. Yeah, he's that. not fighting. Kingpin actually fights. He Kingpin actually me. fights. Like this dude's like just hiding. Like this guy, like he doesn't have any powers, nothing like that. Like Kingpin's just actually, rich. Right, right, right. He's just a rich <laughs> guy. And like, yeah. Like, come on, look what Sam Rockwell did as the villain as a rich guy. He built all like I mean, he didn't do it well, but he still like tried to build suits and stuff. Like mm. I I just think Drakov wasn't great as a villain. Not that the actor wasn't great. I think the actor's portrayal was great, but I think just the whole that whole trope was kind of like, eh, I would rather ever, you know, have Taskmaster been built up a little more and actually had some kind of fight going there. I agree. I think we didn't see enough Taskmaster. What did you think about David Harbour? I thought he was dope. He was great. I wish we would have seen more of him too. He didn't fight enough for me in that either, in my opinion. I um, remember you saying that. I think, I think, I think really if they just extended the movie, you know, another half hour, they could have, they could have done a little more with it. And I've said that before, but I think, I know that they want to limit how long these movies go because they don't want everybody going to the theater for three hours because most people aren't going to want to go see a three hour movie. Marvel stands will absolutely, but, but the average moviegoer, not necessarily going to want to do that. I feel like movies, is it me or are movies getting like longer these days? I feel like most movies are like two hours now. Yeah. Two hours, two hours 30 minutes now. Cause it used to be like they were, like the standard was like hour and a half and then two hours was like the oh this is a longer movie now it's mm-hmm. like movies are two hours and then longer movies are two and a half hours and then sometimes mm-hmm. they go three hours if it's like a blockbuster or a martin scorsese movie yeah interesting um but which is ironic because martin scorsese hates blockbusters but <laughs> Um, Martin Scorsese hates blockbusters more than Netflix in 2009. <laughs> it's going to be so funny when he directs Armor Wars. I'm telling you. Oh, man. <laughs> I can't wait for them. I, I hope he, he directs a movie eventually. That would be so funny. Like, yeah. I hope they bring him in. Then, honestly, my dream is if we, me and you, make a movie, I want to, to cast him in it just for like a cameo as a joke. <laughs> Yeah, we gotta come up with uh, some dialogue behind it too. Oh, I already, I already have, I already have an idea. I'll text you about it. Ooh, I cannot wait. <laughs> the wheels are turning, ladies and gentlemen. Uh-oh. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I've already thought the whole thing through. <laughs> um, then above Widow, immediately above, like in my MCU rankings, like one to thirty-two, I have three of these projects stacked. Um, immediately above Black Widow is Hawkeye. Which I still have to consider again. I just think Haley Steinfeld and Delaco Cox, they went out of their minds for this show. And Jeremy Renner also did. I just think the the three of them and specifically the two of them just made this show for me. I think it was more less about the story and more about the ability to develop characters here. Mm for me and i think i think the kate bishop like establishing kate bishop was i mean i think i think Haley steinfeld is a perfect kate bishop and i think local cox the perfect echo she is kate bishop and she is echo yeah 
and then yeah. and then like you said jeremy renner got to act his ass off finally and and he made a lot of people love hawkeye i'm sorry love hawkeye but you as like number one example you fucking hated hawkeye <laughs> yeah he literally was just like guy who uh did boy scouts growing up and like decided to make it a power <laughs> got good at archery <laughs> yeah <laughs> he definitely changed my mind and it's down after his ass clean off no ass zero um above that i got and this is another one i gotta consider too but i have wandavision and i think again i spoke on the allure of it um and just like the mystery behind it and i just think like in terms of creating a show like artistically that was like a blueprint that was a blueprint and i want to see them do more wandavision type shit which i don't know why i'm bashing this agatha show so much not bashing it i want to see it but again like we said does every character need their own show but the agatha show could absolutely be in the same vein as wandavision and i'm excited for it and and wandavision kicked ass and i think it does get a little bit of a boost from being the first project of this phase Mm -hmm. um but it it was it was incredible. Um, I loved it, every moment of it. The last episode, Wanda like becoming the Scarlet Witch. Yeah, really, the only two things there are two things that hurt this project a bit. One being the first two episodes being such a mystery. Don't get me wrong though, I fucking loved it because I love the mystery the but but like even like thinking back and i'm getting like chills just thinking about this now i remember it was like 8 a.m the day it came out i stayed up till three for the first two episodes they did not drop at three so i was like fuck it i'm going to bed woke up at like eight nine somewhere in there early in the morning i turned the t my tv on my room on didn't even turn on my light just turned the tv on put on disney put it on and just watched it in the dark and just like hearing the Marvel fanfare and seeing like the the intro video, I was like, "Damn, all right, we're back." After like a yeah, year, we took exactly. a year off, we're back, and we took a year and a half. Let's be real, a year and a half off, we're back. And it was chills, and it was chills. And then I watched the first two episodes. I was like, "What the fuck was that?" But like, <laughs> I was like, "I'm excited for next week, though. I'm excited to to explore." And just the theorizing that went into it. Hmm. So honestly, the first two episodes aren't even a weak point necessarily. I think those were great because of the emotions I felt in the fact that we're back. Yeah, and like exactly, also bro. what's going on. Exactly. Exactly. The I other thing. So sorry, what? No, I was just saying I agree so hard. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The other thing that's a low point from that show is Ralph fucking Boner. Oh, wow. I couldn't, how could I forget? Yeah. That's why I forgot I blacked it out because it's fucking traumatizing. Yeah, which if they retcon it, it's fine. I don't give a shit. I if they retcon <laughs> it, I don't care. Which is why it's probably still so high. If they don't retcon it, I'm like, this show's ruined forever for me. <laughs> it'll probably drop. Yeah. No, I don't think it'll drop. But around Boner, that's that's a that is a, like the asterisk, the stain on an otherwise perfect show. Oh, so unnecessary. So unnecessary. You could have just ended that show with that scene. Right after she realized he was possessed, and then you just 
flick to the next scene and you leave that up in the air. Who is this for someone else to write? We were both so amped to like, holy shit, they're just starting and now they're introducing the X-Men? What the fuck? Right, right, right. And not that it still can't be, but like, right. now it's just like corny. Like, now it's like, now we have to unwrite something we already wrote, you know? Yeah. Annoying. Evan Peters, one of my favorite portrayals of any character ever, and you fucking tarnish him. Whatever. Yeah. What? It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Above WandaVision, I have, let's see what my next one would be. This is hard because I have it all on the same list of, as everything else. Next one. All right. So now I'm down to the top three. Mm-hmm. And it's the same top three you had, just in reverse order. And again, I'll say objectively, I think Shang-Chi is probably the best thing we've gotten from this phase i'll say without considering nostalgia and without like had i never seen the original spider-mans before had like without considering all of that shang chi is the best project like you said when Wu, such a phenomenal villain such a great great portrayal in my opinion Second best portrayal of any villain in the MCU. And I'll get to the first in a minute. But second best portrayal of any villain in the MCU is one. I think the emotion, I think just the the anger, the like there's so many more and like the the choreography of that movie, like of the fights and dances for that matter. Like it was it was beautiful. Like it was beautiful though. It really was. Like the scenery, the like you said, world build it, like the the score, best score in the whole MCU, hands down. Ben Kingsley. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I think, like you said, like the the like having Aquafina in the movie and then also Ben Kingsley, I was worried that that the comedy might get too heavy-handed. But it wasn't. It was like perfect. It was like perfect amount of just like levity in that movie. Absolutely. I think it was incredible. On like in terms of storytelling, it's it's one of the best. It's one of the best movies in the whole MCU. I mean, it's top five for me, regardless. Mm-hmm. But it was just, it was, I'm, I, I cannot find the words to describe how great this movie was. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm just like it's picturing hard. it in my head. And we saw it in 4D and it was like the best movie to see in 4D. Yeah. Couldn't have gotten any better, honestly. No, it was, it was, oh man, it was, it was such a good movie. Like, that's all I can say. Like, it was. There are too many things I want to say about this. Like, I can pick specific moments where I was just like, damn, this movie's incredible. Like, from 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 the jump, when you find out he's, like, there's, like, that joke about, like, he's working out, he puts on the suit, you think he's going to be the rich guy in the car, and then all of a sudden he's the valet. That's and a good then, point. That's so true. Then, then, you know, you see he's fighting on the bus, like after Katie doesn't think he can fight. 
and and the bus scene was just wild in choreography in that scene like going from front to the back of the bus around the but using every single part of that bus amazing then you and then you got dude they recorded what's his name it's your, it's your boy Clef. Clef. it's on. your boy club <laughs> hey spider-man do a flip, do a flip. they gotta bring him back in more more movies <laughs> yeah he should be like the new stanley he got to cleverly um i think but but you you get the bus scene then you know he flies out to see his sister and he's gotta fight his sister and she kicks his ass and you see like she's got the whole fighting ring set up i think that whole world was was great it was it again was so dope the sets and like just the scenery and everything incredible beginning to end with the soundtrack like, too come on then like he goes and they take the dad there's like that water thing like with the dragons and shit like then the dad like locks him up and you get the mandarin and they like tie off that loose end and it's just like there you go yeah they have morris and then you find out there's more morrises in the forest that's crazy it's 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 the, the, then you get through to this new world which you saw in the flashback with parents and it's beautiful and and like in my opinion top three places i don't even remember what the place from shang chi is called which i should uh yeah no either. i keep thinking afterlife but that's Asian shield um because <laughs> it's, it's a similar vibe where it's like not on earth but it is on earth right what the hell was it called? Yeah, I'm bad with names. I don't remember. I don't remember. But then Wakanda and Xandar are the, like those are the three. Those are the yeah. three most beautiful scenery like pieces of of the MCU. And hundred percent. Yeah, and then there's Michelle the, Yeoh was even in it. Sorry to cut you off. Who? Legendary Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. The auntie. Yeah. Yeah. She's, Phenomenal, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. If anyone's seen it, just yeah, continue. <laughs> I like it. It was just it was great. And then the end, the post credit, the sister rebuilds the ten rings. Come on, it's got men and women, and you get like Razor Fist in there still as like her assistant. And it's just mm-hmm. like, all right, this is gonna be like have major implications for the future of the MCU, and it's mm-hmm. kick ass and. Shang-Chi stands alone. Like, there's one mention of Iron Man, but other than that, it stands alone from all the other Marvel, and it's just like... And then, obviously, the post-credit scene with Captain Marvel and Hulk, but, like, it's just like Wong. I guess Wong is the the tie-in, but really, if you didn't watch any of the other Marvel movies, you you could watch Shang-Chi without... Absolutely. Without a problem. Absolutely. Um, That's such a good point, and it speaks to singularity, too. Those are really good points. And I think they do mention Thanos at one point too, but regardless, like I think just the standalone ability of that movie having very few references to the rest of the MCU. And that's like not something I'm like crazy about, but I like do think about. Like I don't, not, not that I'm not crazy about it, but I'm just like, it's not something that I look for when I'm like watching a Marvel movie, but it's like, I think about it sometimes. I'm just like, all right, if this movie could stand alone and I can show it to one of my friends without having them watched any Marvel movies before, then then it's like all right like i, I that's that's like a little bonus i mm-hmm. guess mm-hmm. 
Damn, bro, that's your number three. That's my number. Sound like you loved it. And I just talk more. (laughs) Well, again, because I think, I think objectively, it's the best. Yeah, yeah. But I think throwing in nostalgia puts number one where number one is, and then number two, I think just, I think number two benefited, and number two still might drop below number three, honestly. But number two benefited from its ability to tell the story over a course of several episodes rather than mm-hmm. one movie. And that's Loki. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they touched on so many different points of the Loki story. I think Loki's such a complex character in the comics and in the Marvel Universe, more so in the Marvel Universe, honestly. Um, and that's probably just because I'm not as familiar with the Thor comics. But regardless... Loki, yeah, no, I would say in the comics he is because I'm just thinking about some other things I've seen him come through in different point is the way they were able to touch on various Lokis and their experiences and then our Loki from the main timeline touch on how he was a villain. He was the villain of Avengers. He was the villain of Thor. He was the villain of Avengers. He was villainous in several other movies. Then he became kind of like an anti-hero. And then he was a hero, straight up hero at the end of Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, he was an anti-hero for like the first half of it. But like you think about the end when he comes in on the ship and he's like, your savior has returned. <laughs> like like cocky as hell for something he didn't even do because Korg did it. Mm. But um, but at the end of that movie, he I would I would say he's a hero. Um, fighting with Thor. I mean, obviously, he's still mischievous because he stole the fucking Tesseract. But mm-hmm. but I, I say he's a hero by the end of that. And then, you know, he goes into an endgame as a hero and he dies. Or Infinity War. He goes into Infinity War as a hero and dies a hero. And he comes back in endgame and he's back to being a villain. And then he has to go through the whole arc again. And Loki's one of the only characters in the MCU who has watched the MCU. He watched all the Marvel movies oh, while, that's he true. That's true. <laughs> while he was sitting in that room. Um, but yeah, he. Uh, I just, I just love the storytelling of that, and and obviously having the whole, you know, it all culminates with Jonathan Majors as the Conqueror, like in the the temple at the end of time. I don't remember what that place was called. I'm just going to call it the temple, but he's that's in that building, right. and. Oh God, the apple oh, in the elevator. Oh, Elite so way to introduce him. Perfect way to introduce Jonathan Major. Such a smart, smarmy guy. Right. You, know? you want to introduce like a smarmy guy? Have him eat an apple. I think I've said this. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Verbatim. <laughs> but but yeah, then he sits at his desk and shit and Sylvie so was badass. Yeah, he's badass. He gives a monologue of the life. Oh, so you say Sylvie's badass? Yeah, Sylvie's badass. Sylvie was badass. She kills him. That was super sick. I love everyone. So good. And we get the official. So like Wanda was like trying to open the multiverse. Sylvie. Arguably before Wanda was searching the multiverse, Sylvie opened the multi, created the multiverse. And now my number one broke the multiverse wide fucking open. Ooh, segue king. <laughs> <laughs> okay. and, 
and this is the thing. This is why I say objectively, Shang Chi is probably the best. But number one, throwing nostalgia in there, throwing all that shit in there, because I guess the one like kind of beef I have with 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 this movie is it doesn't introduce any new villains, and it I mean it does to the MCU, but it doesn't it doesn't there's no establishment of a new character, I guess. And then the second thing with it is that it very heavily relies on the nostalgia and it relies it's not like a true spider-man tale because spider-man no way home it ends with the true spider-man tale which is why it's it it still gets number one because the whole thing people have been complaining about this entire time with his character in the mcu is he's not doing things on his own enough because he had tony he had mysterio he's always had someone kind of guiding him now tony's dead mysterio's dead now he like everybody thought oh it's gonna be dr strange got him but it wasn't it was the other two peters dr strange was barely in that movie um so that's the only like negative about it is i don't think it was enough of our peter parker story not our but like the mcu peter parker story because there were three of them there were three peter parkers that's a good point. I never really thought about that. I was really just happy that it wasn't a uh, Doctor Strange part two. I thought that he'd be all over this movie. So did I. I was. That was a very. That was honestly, biggest surprise twist. In this movie, wasn't the fact that the villains came through or anything, or that Venom showed up at the end of the movie or any of that. It wasn't that May died. Was any of that. It was that Doctor Strange just went like that, like out of the movie, in twenty minutes. Which was good. I didn't. Doctor Strange had his movie coming. It was good that he was in this for a bit. He did what he needed to do. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, "All right, this is Peter's movie now." All three of them. And they, uh, it's my number one though because because of of all of it because of the nostalgia because of how perfect the chemistry between the three Peters was because of the redemption for Andrew. Because of all of it, Aunt Meg is to deliver the responsibility line. Peter ends up alone with nobody knowing who he is. Mm-hmm. So that's classic Spider-Man, like all of it. And then and then it's got the number one villain portrayal in the MCU, which is Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. I, I respect that you stick to that take. I like it. It's that's yeah. Someone has to. Nobody has touched Willem Dafoe besides nobody in Marvel has touched Willem Dafoe's portrayal in the first Spider-Man or in Spider-Man No Way Home. The only person who comes close is Heath Ledger as the Joker. And it's because they're playing such similar characters. Because again, I like when a villain is villainous for villainy's sake. Because I don't know. It's just like, everybody's always like, oh, I need a motive. What's the motive? Like, what, 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 like, what's my motivation? What's the, no, who gives a fuck? No, it doesn't matter. Person is blowing shit up because he wants to blow shit up because he's a crazy person. Mm-hmm. Man got man got <clears throat> chemicals injected in his brain, and now he's insane. And I think the way Defoe portrays it, I think the thing with the fake teeth, where he puts in fake teeth to be Norman Osborn and he takes him out to be the Goblin, that's just such a small detail that's wild that I love. The fact that. He, the fact that Willem Dafoe is in his 60s and wants to jump on the glider and be like do stunts and shit again. Did you see that video? Yes. I love that video. That's my, fi- like, 
that video has made me respect Willem Dafoe more than I've ever respected any actor that's ever. Goat. Like, that's Willem Willem the Goat, bro. Willem the Goat, yeah. Goat. That's gonna be the episode of the name of this episode. Name of the episode, Willem the Goat. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be Willem the Goat. Yeah. <laughs> um, he is though. He is. Um, I think there have been like villains that were like written, but like I think Thanos is like a more interesting villain, right? I think Kingpin is a more interesting villain. Mm-hmm. But in terms of portrayal, the damn, nobody stepped into Willem Dafoe as the goblin. I respect it. Doesn't even need the mask. You just fly out there, face out, and everything. Raw faced. Raw faced. Going in raw. Damn. Yep. Going in raw. <laughs> damn, Willem during COVID. No mask. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Willem Dafoe out here is like. <laughs> Joke at well, that, that Norman Osborne's an anti masker and just have him <laughs> yeah. smashing the mask. <laughs> My column. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, that's my rankings of it. Um, so we do have like a little bit similar, especially toward the top, like and toward the bottom. I think we have the same bottom too, right? Eternals and what if, and then our top three, yeah, yeah, just swapped. Yep, yeah. And then the the middle ones, the middle ones are all just so good that it's like I feel like tough to like I feel like everybody would have a different ranking of them based on different. I feel like Hawkeye and Widow were easy for me to rank. I knew exactly where they were. They're both very, very good. But yeah. uh, I knew where they I knew where I thought they should be placed pretty early. I think Hawkeye like just the similarity of those two characters and the similarity of those two stories is what makes mm-hmm makes them so similar and i guess easy to rank mm-hmm. but, do you have a most anticipated list too you have something no i don't but i can tell you what's number one what's their number one this damn near three hour long movie dr strange and multiverse of there Man. you go my guy same <laughs> same not moon knight interesting nah yeah moon knight second for me okay I think just the way they've been building the hype for She-Hulk slowly in the background, but like little bits coming out that this one's going to be a little more levity and Matt Murdock might show up and, you know, you've got a bunch of Hulk type characters showing up mm-hmm. and Banner might be in it. And all of that is just mm-hmm. like, I'm like, I don't know. I've got a lot of anticipation for that. Yeah, She-Hulk is going to be so interesting. For sure. And then I think Ms. Marvel capping off the third of the three Marvels because we got Captain Marvel, we got Photon, and now we're going to get Ms. Marvel. I don't know anything about her, so I'm just along for the ride. That's going to be interesting. We'll see if they reintroduce the Inhumans or finally say that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is canon. But damn, even more than that, number two, before even Moon Knight, before any of that, before She-Hulk, before Ms. Mar, Secret Wars. Yep. Or Secret that's Invasion. for me, too. Secret Invasion? Yeah, Secret Invasion, yeah. Invasion. That's up there for me, too. Thor, I haven't really heard, like, I don't know, I guess I just haven't heard a lot about Thor to really have an anticipation. Like, I have anticipation for it, but it's not, like, overwhelming anticipation. They did release some art of Jane Foster as Thor for, like, what she's going to look like. Oh, yeah? Um... Yeah, I, I like it. I like the look. Um, still wondering how they're going to get the hammer back. 
if it's going to be a new hammer, if it's going to come through the timeline or what. I kind of wish they would have let Loki bring the hammer back. Yeah. Loki. But I get why they stuck him where they stuck him. And he still could, I guess, theoretically. Maybe they'll kill off that stupid Thor from What If and he'll bring the hammer back. (laughs) You just want him to die. (laughs) I hate that version of him because Thor is such a good character and I get like when they kind of reworked the character to make him a little funnier and stuff for it worked for Chris Hemsworth. And I think it was great. And I, that's why it's the best Thor movie. Even though I didn't love all of it, mm-hmm. I still think it's the best Thor movie. And I think it is like the, the reworking of the character is great, but I think the party Thor was just too far. That's pushing it too far. You know, Mike and party rocking. No. Nah. It's like I'm trying you to like him hiding shit from his mom. It's like it's like <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like when this is the best way I can explain it. You know, when you're at like a bar and like you have a drink and it's like not strong enough. So the next time you go to like a different bartender to see if they'll give you like a stronger drink, and then they give you the perfect drink. And then you go back to the same bartender, but you say, can you make it just like a little bit stronger? And then they do, and it's fucking awful. That's how Thor was. Because the original Thors were like a little bit too weak on the character, don't really care about him. Like they really built him up in Avengers more than they did in the Thor movies. Mm -hmm. Then they were like, they kind of found a sweet spot for him in ragnarok and they're like all right let's keep pushing this let's keep you know let's let's keep going with this and then they made him like too funny and too much of a goof and too much of a dickhead and like they were like if we take loki away he's just going to be more of this and i was like i get it and it had a good premise but like taking loki out of there like i was like yeah that is a good premise like thor would be more of a jackass but it looks like the the episode was just eh. and then it was too strong the other way and i was like yeah i get it yeah that's the best analogy i can make but yeah, yeah it makes sense yeah I, I totally understand what you're saying so no excitement for guardians of the galaxy holiday special i have some excitement for that yeah i think the holiday special things can be unique i want to see them like dress up group like a christmas tree <laughs> yeah and that's then pretty I wanna... much my anticipation and then i don't know they're calling it a holiday special and not a Christmas special. So I'm wondering if they're going to throw any other holidays in there. You're just going to do a Kwanzaa? <laughs> yeah, but I'm thinking who, like, who's going to celebrate, like, out of the, <laughs> yeah. Guardians, out of the <laughs> Guardians, which one of them is going to celebrate Kwanzaa? Oh, God. Chris Pratt celebrating Kwanzaa. Chris- <laughs> <laughs> that would be nuts. <laughs> Problematic. <laughs> oh, my God. Crazy. Chris Pratt is what they're gonna make like Rocket Jewish. They're gonna he's gonna be spinning in the middle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't think it's necessary. Honestly, like I'm excited for it to see what they do with it. And it's James Gunn, so like can't go wrong. But like mm-hmm. also, is this do we do we need a Guardians? No. Although I am very excited for the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Yeah. 
Adam Warlock. You're very good. I was very nervous when they introduced uh, Will Poulter as Adam Warlock, and then I saw like the glow up he had. I was like, okay, he's Adam Warlock. Like it's so hard to see him like growing as a person because it's like you're so used to that punchable face, you know? Right. The, the we're the Millers version. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's just like all of a sudden now he's Adam Warlock. I was like, no way. Yeah. And then I saw it like how he looks now. I was like, oh, okay, he's he's Adam yeah. fucking Warlock. Like yeah, that makes sense. It. That's a good casting. Mm-hmm. You can do it. You can but uh yeah guardian movie thor movie with christian bale as the villain like as a uh, gore the yes. god butcher that might be christian the best well, no that's not true it's not gonna be better than hella can't be i mean maybe but like hey man i want to see gore fight hella from mm. another multiverse hey man anything with christian bale associated the man is bound to kill it so yeah they just keep I'm taking not, all the Batmans and turning them into villains. <laughs> I can't wait to see what they do next. They got to go get Ben Affleck and turn him into a villain. But a villain that like dies in the first five minutes of the movie because I don't... Anything Ben Affleck touches turns to shit in terms of super stuff. Yeah. What if they just cast him as Ben Affleck? What if they bring him through the this multiverse man. as Daredevil? What if they bring back? Oh bring my god! Multiverse Daredevil. I don't want them to acknowledge that movie though. I wouldn't mind if they acknowledge Jennifer Garner's Electra, but I do not want them to acknowledge Ben Affleck's Daredevil. Jesus, that would be oh, that would be terrible. They do yeah. they need to leave that man right where he is. Yeah. <sighs> All right, any other notes? That's all I had. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't think so. I think we touched on that most anticipated stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, whenever they come out with Blade, hopefully soon. I will say Eternals had probably my favorite uh, end credit scenes out of this phase. That's the thing. And oh, that's the thing I didn't touch on on the Hawkeye finale. Hawkeye finale, worst post credit scene of <laughs> the whole MCU. <laughs> that shit was so ass. <laughs> because, like, I wouldn't have minded it. Like, I don't mind if you want to release the full version of the, the musical, right? Like, I don't, I don't mind. But two things with it. One, give us a second post credit scene if you're going to do that. And two, have, if, if you're not going to give us a second post credit scene, have somebody like Kingpin or something out in the crowd so that we see that uh, you know he's still alive or have have some character out in the crowd watching it so that it's like it at least adds to the story. Yeah, that was it was so pointless. It's like, all right, we saw this already. It was funny. If it was an actual musical, I'll probably go watch it, but I don't want to see it twice in the same show. I'm yeah, kidding. I agree. Like, like the postcards have just been so strong to this point that I guess I was expecting more. And especially after they like fake killed Kingpin again and they had so much, they could have brought Daredevil in. They could have done so much with that post-credit scene and they just kind of like let us slip through their fingers. <laughs> like, I feel like that's something if you were just going to release the full video of the musical, that's something you could just put on YouTube, you know, like that's not something that has to go at the end of a show and build hype. And then at the end of the three minute song, it's just like, okay. And you know, like, yeah. But whatever. Um, I think Spider-Man also had a couple of weak post credits as far as movies go. 
um, for this phase because everything has just been so solid post credit wise, and that was just like, oh, okay, like yeah, 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 it was expected. Yeah, I mean, Tom, like the Tom Hardy scene when he gets yeeted back to the Sony verse was unfortunate. Um, yeah. but understandable also because they want to keep making Venom movies over there. Yeah. And then, uh, what was the second one? I can't even think of the second one off the top of my head. Oh, this, uh, it was, um, Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah, it was a fucking trailer. It wasn't even like a scene. That's why I didn't like it because it was just a trailer. It was like, okay, they're going to release this next week, anyways. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Like, that's like, if they would have just dropped a scene from it, like a full, like, you know, 45 second scene or something, I'm like, all right, that builds hype. But they just like released the trailer. I was like, not a big fan of that, honestly. Mm. Especially after waiting for the whole credits. Pretty much. And it was edited super weird. You think? It was. It was edited super, super weird. Like it was, it was, they were almost cutting it too much. Okay, that makes sense. You barely see like what was happening in, in the sequences. Yeah, you're right. They're probably just trying to hide shit before they Yeah, I was like, yeah, what the fuck? Is this like a fan made thing? This is weird. <laughs> Somebody said that Sam Raimi introduced uh, Bully McGuire, and now now he's introducing Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> Jesus, that was funny. But Good old Raimi. Yeah, well, um, that's all I have as well. Oh, I ha- I did have one more thing I wanted to touch on. Yeah, what's that? Uh, dun, 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 Shut up, Jeremy. Dun, <laughs> it's coming. Get ready. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. Get ready. Uh huh. Yeah. Get ready. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. That's why Doctor Strange that movie was coming. They, they, they saw that cape. They saw that signal. And they're like, nope. We're good. <laughs> <Shut up, Jay. laughs> uh, yeah, but no, that's, that's all I had. Yeah. I think it's funny that. Morbius got pushed because Spider-Man. Um, it's funny that Mor- Morbius got pushed because Spider-Man is doing so well. Yeah. Yeah, that was super funny. I'm still very iffy on it whether or not I want to see that movie. See, like that's what I'm thinking too. Is like, do I see it in theaters or I just wait? Like, I'll probably see it in theaters like a couple weeks after it comes out. But like, I'm gonna wait for reviews. Yeah, I'll probably wait honestly too, just because. Yeah. I mean, even if it gets bad reviews, I may still see it in theaters, just like not right away. Like that's how I feel with all Sony movies. Like that's how I was with Venom. It was just like I didn't need to see it right when it dropped. It was just like I'll I'll wait. Mm-hmm. The only thing, that. the only thing is, I feel like there's gonna be like a post credit scene where it has MCU implications, and I don't want that spoiled for me. But I feel like that's true. That's a good point. Because now, now that everything's tied together, anything could have MCU implications. I'm not gonna lie. I could have seen that post-credit Venom Let There Be Carnage scene on YouTube and be and been fine. Honestly, I didn't yeah. mind because the movie was just so forgettable for me. I was like, all right. Whatever. That's definitely understandable too. Um, <laughs> the only thing is like like yeah. uh, Michael Keaton's in this though. Michael Keaton's going to be in Morbius. That's true. I'm a huge Michael Keaton guy. That's true. Oh, I mean, I bet it's just like for one quick scene, but like still, 
the implication that Vulture exists in them. There's so much going on with Vulture because like now Vulture in the MCU doesn't know who Spider-Man is. So maybe he's going to go want to fight Spider-Man again. Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Like who is, who is he have to honestly call like a nemesis? Nah. Right, because nobody knows who he is. Hey, man, I don't know. Shakes a lot of shit up. Does. We'll see how they do it. We'll, it'll, it'll all come together. They'll, they'll figure out a way, so. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, yeah. Uh, like the uh, fucking um, younger brother who just like, they have potential, but they never meet it because they yeah. just like fuck off somewhere you and know then, like and then the dc universe is like the even younger brother who just shits in his pants all day yeah it's like you have all like but you saw your older two brothers you should kind of like follow their lead and like Copy see them. what they do well which Copy is what they're doing them. now yeah but like <laughs> you don't you have all the tools but you're not doing shit with them what are you doing i saw a tweet the other day that was like marvel seems like they actually have a plan for where the multiverse is going and DC just keeps throwing the word multiverse in there, hoping that people just ignore the fact that they have a million versions of every character. <laughs> I was like, you know, that's true. Like, they just keep saying the word multiverse without an actual plan. It's just like they're using it as an excuse to have two Flashes and eight Batmans. And Yeah, it starts with Flashpoint, right? Isn't that the how they build their multiverse? It starts with Flash. I think I think in the flat yeah it does but like in the flash tv show this week I think they introduced the flash from the movies uh okay so, so um, Ezra Miller yeah they've been crossing flash over a bunch into different stuff so and then obviously they're crossing over Michael Keaton and Val Kilmer which I want Val mm-hmm. Kilmer in the MCU next I know he's not really acting anymore because he I think I forget what he had I think he had cancer um so he's not really acting anymore but like even this is like a cameo bit like however he's doing this for the batman movie that would be cool if they could get him in this too yeah they gotta shout poach out to Kilmer. they gotta poach all the shout out Val Kilmer is so talented yeah There's shout a... out to him man I, Dr. I like the i like the bat nips it was a nice touch to me wasn't that Clooney? Or was, was that it Clooney? had bat nips let's look at bat nips let's google bat nips oh my yeah <laughs> um Val Kilmer though I think I've recommended it on here before there's a documentary I forget where it is I think it's on HBO maybe not I don't remember um you're right it is Clooney it is Clooney they have the, the nipples yeah um but there's a documentary Ooh. called Val created by Val Kilmer phenomenal Ooh, I think I, I've heard of that I may have been the one to recommend it to you I think you did Val Kilmer because it was great I'm gonna add it, it to my list highly recommend watching Val Kilmer's documentary about himself. It's great. Did he have an interesting life? Oh, yeah. Super, like, yeah, because he, and that's the cool thing about the doc, is, like, he and his, like, brothers and stuff, they would always, like, film each other and, like, when they were younger and, like, make fake movies and stuff. And and so, like, there's a lot of that footage in there. And Val, since he can't speak real well anymore, his son narrates it. And Val does speak a little bit. He does some like interviews and stuff on it, but like his son narrates it. Um, if I remember correctly, he narrates it from Val's perspective. Um, and Val just like talks about a bunch of stuff. He talks about 
he does go into how he played Batman and he talks about um, how it was like a role he always wanted. And then he got the role and he loved playing Bruce Wayne. But then when mm. he put the costume on, he couldn't hear anything. And so he would do all of his lines based on reading other people's lips. And wow. they offered him a sequel. And then instead of just like asking them to make him a new costume, he just turned on the sequel. So that's why he dropped the Batman role. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to have to add that to my list. I'm definitely going to check that out. Yeah, very good. Very, uh, mm. very, very, very good documentary. One of like my favorite, because I mean, that is like the thing I love, like entertainment, even looking at entertainment from like it, like that kind of perspective is great. Like that's just, it's my favorite thing to talk about. That's why we have this podcast talking about, you know, a huge part of entertainment now in Marvel Universe. Like, because I just love it. Music, movie, all of it. Like, and so Val's like inside look kind of his life as an actor, like great. Great doc. That's a journalist to you, man. It really right is. I mean, like, that's like my favorite. It is. Yeah. You like the deep dives into the behind the scenes stuff. Right. Like, I love reading memoirs because, like, I love seeing, like, hearing people tell their stories of, like, how they became who they are. And, like, a doc mm-hmm. is just a video version of a memoir. And so it's just, it, mm-hmm. yeah, it's great. It's a great doc. Um, mm-hmm. Couldn't speak more highly of it. That being said, I don't have anything else unless you do. I don't have anything else either. I've exhausted everything. All right. Well, until next week, make sure to check out all of Willem de Goat's movies. Please and, do. Um, Jay, you want to hit him with that song again? We're probably going to get sued for copyright. Uh, hold up. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> We'll see you next week, everybody. (laughs)